This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. We are in a series called Taste and See. And uh, we've been talking out of this passage in Psalms chapter 34, verse 8. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys for them who take refuge in him. Passion's translation says this, drink deeply of the pleasures of God. Experience for yourself the joys and the mercies that he gives to those who trust in him. Him. There's something amazing that God wants to show you by tasting and experiencing him and his goodness and his presence. And so uh, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. If you haven't been able to be here, you can always go online, get the podcast, kind of check out the last few weeks. They've been pretty pretty good. Uh, every week we've had a treat. So look under your seat. There's a treat this week. Yeah, I know everybody's like, what's the treat this week? Listen. It's a new season, y'all. We're about to go into Christmas, okay? Listen, and this is not just any candy cane, okay? This is a cherry candy cane. Hey, come on now. Listen, one of my favorite things in the world. Somebody said to me last week, they're like, why is the treats always sugar? And I'm like, because I love sugar. I'm like, can I get an amen for sugar, okay? I know we have a lot of healthy people in our church. God bless your soul. We have people that don't eat meat. We're praying for you that you'll come back. (laughs) Something about experiencing something, and that's why we do the taste every week. Because when we experience God, we experience his goodness. And God wants us to experience him. Because when we experience him and his presence and his goodness, and we experience his nature and his character, it changes the way we think, the way we process, the way we view life. And this is what God intends for us to experience. When we experience him, we learn the nature of and the character of God. And this is really big. God wants us to understand who he is. He doesn't want it to be a mystery. He doesn't want it to be something that we're like, we just, you know, are hoping that God will come to our rescue. I mean, how many times when you're talking to somebody about God, you hear a lot of hopes, or if it's God's will, or if God would be that kind, or something like that. And a lot of times I just feel bad for people because I'm just like, you don't know the word. And you don't know God's promises. Because God's promises are yes and amen, meaning it will be done. Because if God doesn't fulfill his word, then he's not God. Okay? So he has to fulfill what he's promised in the word, but he's looking for people who will dive in and go, I'm going to experience the goodness of God. I'm going to taste of God, and I'm going to help it to shape and form the way that I see life. Now, God works in seasons, and I love, we've been through some great seasons, okay? And so I want to show you a couple pictures today, okay? The first picture is, this is a maple tree. Anybody like maple trees? Okay. Oh, really? We got like one hand up? 
Okay, I love maple trees. Now, in the spring, I hate maple trees because when they bud white, my allergies go crazy. It just goes bonkers, okay, and I just snotting all the time, okay? So in one season, the tree will show us, you know, white leaves. Next season, next picture, it will be a beautiful green tree. Now, the next season, this is my favorite season, okay? Listen, look at that, okay, look at that. That's the glory of God right there, okay? I mean, I, I could just look at that every single day, okay? Now, what is God teaching us through nature? He's showing us that through different seasons, he will reveal himself in different ways in our life. This is why we go through different seasons in our life. So go with me to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to look at a few different verses here today. And we're going to see how God wants us to learn through seasons. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. As soon as they heard the news. What news did they hear? They heard the news that their friend, John the Baptist, had been beheaded. Jesus' friend. Okay? So when Jesus and the disciples heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. I love how we see the human side of Jesus right here, that he's just like us, his friend, his cousin, the one that prepared the way for him, has given his life and has been beheaded, and Jesus is just showing a moment of humanity, he's just going, listen, I got to get away, me and the disciples, we, we're going to get in the boat, we're going to go away, we need, we need some time to process what's happening. Because Jesus is God, but Jesus is also fully man. And this is what I love about Jesus. He knows how we feel. He knows the pressures that we go through. He knows the things that we feel on a daily basis. It says this, But the crowds heard where he was headed, and they followed him on foot from many towns. Verse 14, Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So here's Jesus wanting to mourn. He wants to get away. He wants a break. But the crowds, when they hear what Jesus has done, you know, and that's what's really amazing about Jesus. You cannot deny when Jesus shows up. When Jesus shows up in the atmosphere during worship, everybody goes, I don't know exactly what that is. I remember me and Bruce. Bruce, he gave the testimony today. Wasn't that a great testimony, Bruce and Stevie? I remember one of the first Sundays Bruce ever came to our church, and he said, I just cried through the whole entire worship time. He goes, what was that? I was like, it was the presence of God. It was the grace of God. It was his love. You're feeling it for the first time. So you cannot deny when Jesus shows up. You cannot deny when Jesus heals. I'll never forget, I was at Living Word, and it was a Sunday after church, and this woman came up to me, and she had one leg shorter than the other. It was two inches shorter than the other, and she said, I'm just tired of this. I have pain in my back. I have pain in my hip. I'm constantly, you know, tripping over myself. I just, I, I want to be healed, and I said, I said, if you want to be healed, I believe that you can be healed. I believe it will happen right here and right now. 
And she said, let's, let's do this. And so I sat, her, I sat her in a chair. I held her feet out. One was longer than the other. And I spoke to her leg. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to grow. And her leg popped out. And everybody around me had that look in their eyes. It was like a cartoon, like their eyes bugged out of their head. You know what I mean? And it was a moment. Everybody that was there could not deny, man, Jesus was there. Jesus just showed up. Jesus just did something amazing. And this is what's happening. The crowds are hearing about Jesus. And they want to find out who is Jesus, and they want to be close to Jesus. And so they're, they're kind of gob, you know, surrounding him, running after him. And so Jesus steps out of the boat. He wants to be alone, but the word says he has compassion on them, and he goes to them, and he starts to heal the people. Verse 15, that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But verse 16, but Jesus said to the disciples, that is not necessary. You feed them. That's not necessary. You feed them. I love the disciples' response. Verse 17, well, we only have five loaves of bread. And two fish, they answered. Isn't this what God does in our life all the time? God asks us to do something, and then instantly our response is what we do not have. Instantly. Instantly they're more focused on the lack and the problem than Jesus standing right in front of them, giving them a commandment to do it themselves. Verse 18, Jesus says, bring him here. Isn't that amazing? It's just like Jesus, just like a grumpy old dad. You know what I mean? Like, oh, fine, bring him here. He said, bring him here. Verse 19, he told the people to sit down in the grass. Jesus took the loaves and the two fish, and he looked towards heaven. He blessed them, breaking, them, breaking the loaves into pieces. He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Verse 20, love this verse. They all ate as much as they wanted. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Verse 21, about 5,000 men were there uh, to be fed in addition to the women and the children. So really, there's probably around 15 to 20,000 people that ate that day from this small amount of food, Okay. Verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted the disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Well, he sent the other people home. Verse 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Verse 24, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Verse 25, and about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Walking on the water. Listen, y'all, when I get to heaven, I'm going to walk on water, okay? That's like one of my biggest dreams. Ever since I was a little kid, I was like, if Jesus did it, I'm going to do it someday when I get to heaven, okay? Walking on the water. Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. I don't know if I, if I saw somebody walking on water, I'd probably be terrified too. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like Scooby-Doo in the Bible, you know what I mean? Oh, it's a ghost, you know? 
Sorry, this is where my mind goes, okay? I'm like a child when I read the Bible, okay? Verse 27, Jesus spoke to them once, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called out, Lord, if it's really you, uh, if it's really you, tell me to come to you and walk on water. Jesus' response is, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, And when he saw the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink, and he yells out, Save me, Lord. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him and said, You have so little faith. Now, I don't know if you, I would have been like, really, Jesus? Like, I mean, come on now, you know what I mean? Like, Like, give me a little credit here. Like, I literally just took some steps on the water like you. I mean, like, come on now. And Jesus says, no, you have little faith. Jesus said to him, why do you doubt me? Why do you doubt me? So today we're going to talk about seasons. And we're going to talk about three seasons, and we're going to learn three seasons from this passage that we just read, okay? Season number one is this, God revealing to us who he is, okay? So season number one, God will come to you and he'll go, listen, I want you to know my nature and my character, okay? So we're going to look at some verses that we just read where God is revealing his nature and his character to us. So if we look at verse 14, what happens in verse 14? Verse 14, Jesus steps out of the boat and it says this, that he had compassion on them. What does that mean? That Jesus has compassion for us today. Jesus understands that we're humans. Jesus understands that we have bad days. Jesus understands that we have ups and downs. Jesus understands that we need him and his grace and his mercy. And Jesus has compassion for me and you. Jesus has compassion for humanity. You know, I, I, I grew up in church. I don't know about you, but I think I grew up in church with the idea that, like, I don't want to make God mad. You know, like I'm just, you know, trying to appease the Lord. I'm trying to make sure that he's happy. I'm trying to make sure that he's not frustrated with me. I have major, major complexes from growing up in church like that where I constantly am fighting and battling the thought, is God happy with me? And the reality is he is. He's happy with you. You know, when Preston woke up this morning, he was like, Pray, yeah, thank you, Preston. Yeah, I mean, seriously. He woke up and he said, praise the Lord. You know, he's like, Preston's alive. I'm so happy about Preston today. Now, here's the reality. None of us knows what happened in Preston's week this week. I didn't. I mean, Preston might have been the best Christian Ever today, you know, this week. It might have been this a perfect Christian week. Was it a perfect Christian week? It, every week. Preston says every week. Good for you, okay? All right, because that's not me, okay? I was driving a lot this week, and I was telling a lot of people they were number one again this week, okay? I just, it was just a long week in the car, okay? But on the flip side, Preston might have had a terrible week, Okay? God's love and his compassion doesn't change for you on the daily. God loves you for who you are. So, number one, verse 14 shows us that God had compassion. Again, verse 14, what did Jesus do? He healed the sick. 
What did Jesus come? He came to reveal who God the Father is. So when Jesus comes out of the boat and he has compassion and he sees sick and he sees broken and he sees hurting, he can't even take the time he needs to grieve because he's so compelled to go reach us. When he sees us and we're broken and we're hurting and there's, there's sickness in our body or there's sickness in our soul, there's sickness in our minds, he is compelled to run to us. He's compelled to reach out to us because he goes, my father in heaven, his ultimate desire is to heal and restore your life. That's what he wants for us. So now we know that God is compassionate. We know that he's a healer. If we go to verse 20, okay, verse 20, it says this. They all ate as much as they wanted. So what do we see? We see another side of God's nature. We see a bunch of hungry people. And what did God do? He brought blessing. He blessed them. And he didn't even bless them a little bit. I love that the Bible exactly says that they ate as much as they wanted. I mean, it's like a Holy Spirit buffet. You know what I mean? It's just like they just served it up, you know? It's Ponderosa, baby. You know what I mean? I just Golden Corral, okay? He wanted us to understand God's nature that our God, he's a giver of good gifts. He's a good God. He wants us blessed. So God's revealing God's nature as a giver of good things. If we go to verse 27, it says, Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. So now we're seeing that Jesus is a place of refuge. Right? God's revealing himself. He's teaching us about his nature and his character. If we go to verse 29, Peter's going, hey, if it's really you, Jesus, tell me to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Now, if I'm Jesus, I'm probably like, no, stay. You know what I mean? Like, no way. But Jesus goes, no, I want you to come. What is this revealing to us? It's revealing that Jesus believes in us. He believes in you. He loves you. He cares for you. So what is God doing? He's revealing his nature and his character. This is what I love about testimonies. When we hear a testimony of what God has done, it's revealing what God has done for somebody else. But the thing that I love about a testimony is this. If God did it for somebody else, he will do it for you. Okay? The thing that I love about a testimony is this. A testimony never dies. You could have a testimony from 1920. It doesn't die. Because God performed a miracle for somebody in 1920. And if he did it in 1920, the word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he did it in 1920, he'll do it for us today. I love testimonies. Never lose power. Never. When somebody shares a testimony about what God has done in their life, it never ceases to lose power power because it's the goodness of God. Now, what is the Bible doing for us? The Bible is a living, breathing Bible book that's telling us what? It's a testimony about the goodness of God. It's revealing to me and you who God is, his nature and his character. So I look at it and go, if God healed those who were sick, then he'll heal in 2018. He'll do it. He has to. It's his word. 
It's what he promises. If God blessed in the Bible, that means this, that he wants to bless you. He wants your home blessed. He wants you taken care of. If God was a refuge in the Bible, then we can have refuge in him today. So first season is this. God will take us into a season that he is revealing his nature and his character to us. He wants us to understand who he is. The second season is this. It's a season of blessing. Okay? A season of blessing. Verse 20. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Verse 21, about 5,000 men were there, and they fed men, women, and children. So there's probably 20,000 people there that got fed by a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Pretty amazing. God is showing us that he is the God of multiplication. I know this is hard to understand. It's hard when we tithe. It's hard when we give and we go, God, how are we going to live off the 90? And God goes, I'm the God of multiplication. Okay? I, I don't need you to figure out the math. Your earthly math doesn't work. My heavenly math works. Okay? So God is showing us this. Okay? So God is showing us that he wants to bring us in seasons where he wants to bring blessing into our life. Now, listen. The seasons that he brings blessing into our life will be according to what we can handle, though. Okay, let me show you this. Okay, put up those pictures of me. Okay, a few different pictures. Okay, this is me like eight years ago. Okay, that's at our youth group. Man, I love those days. Look at those beautiful orange KD shoes I was rocking. I mean, this is summer youth camp. Um, we had our slogan was YWF, young, wild, free. I always told them we are young, wild, free for Jesus. And it was amazing. Next picture, me and Ron Burgundy. It was just a great day. I mean, seriously, love that man. Love his mustache. So, okay. <laughs> next picture, uh, this is me, Pastor Matt, which will be here next week. Uh, he just got married, Pastor Levi. That's up us up in Michigan snowboarding. Now, here's... Here's what I wanted you to see, okay? So that's, that's me eight years ago, okay? Me eight years ago, I desperately wanted to be where I am today. But I wasn't. I was still a youth pastor, okay? Now, I had great desire to be doing what I'm doing today eight years ago, but God had not released me from being a youth pastor, God still wanted me to be a youth pastor. Now, let me explain why. Me and Levi were driving in to, well, we're driving from Best Buy the other day. And we're talking about blessing. And we're talking about the goodness of God. And I told him this, listen. If I would have received what I wanted eight years ago, it would not have been a blessing to me or to you or to anybody. Okay? We were driving in, uh, driving from Best Buy the other day, and I said to Levi, I said, listen, this season that I'm in, I am so deep in the Lord right now. Like, you know, like when the Lord takes you out on the water and he goes, all right, it's time to walk on the water. This is a season for me right now that God's going, all right, you're going to have to trust me and you're going to have to walk in the water. Jeff, eight years ago, would not have been able to handle that. Does that make sense? Okay. But God knew that Jeff at 38, not 30, 
could handle it. So what I'm meaning is this. When God brings blessing, he'll bring blessing according to your ability to handle it. Why? Because he wants nothing wasted. Remember what he said. There was 12 baskets of leftovers. It's not like God was like, it wasn't like a run-on sentence in the Bible. You know what I mean? When God puts something in the Bible, it's because it's there for a divine reason. What he's saying is this. When I bring blessing into your life, I want nothing to go to waste because I want it to be a blessing to you, but I want it to be a blessing to others. So when God said, I want Jeff to start a church, he goes, I want to bless Jeff, and I want to bless Elevate, but I want the blessing to flow from Jeff, through Jeff, to Elevate, to the people of Elevate Church. Does that make sense? So nothing is ever wasted in the kingdom of God. Now, let me give you a different example. In July, I called this last July, July of 2018, uh, just a month of blessing, okay? In July, I got, a, I got a check. It was not from Elevate Church. I got a check, and this check was for more money in one check than I had ever received in my life, okay? We got a, we got a brand new car in July, totally paid off cash. In July, we went on the first family, we've been married 15 years, the first family vacation that we've ever had in our life with our boys, was in July. So July was a pretty crazy month. Now, this is what's so interesting about July. The day I received the check was the day that I obeyed God seven years before and left Valley Family Church where I was a youth pastor there for nine years. God, God woke me up for months in the middle of the night and asked me, he said, I need you to quit your job. I need you to move to Dayton, Ohio. I need you to serve Pastor Pat, and I need you to leave this place. And the same day, seven years later, some of you are not getting this, okay? Some of you are just like, Whoo. okay, listen, what is the number seven? It means completion. It means completion. So what was God speaking to me on that day seven years later? He was saying, Thank you for being faithful. God's looking for people that will go, all right, God, yes, I trust you. And when you bring blessing into my life, it won't be wasted. It's going to be a blessing beyond me. So season one, God will reveal who he is. Season two, God will bring blessing. Because why? He wants you to know who he is. And then what's the second thing? He wants you to taste it. Isn't that good about God? He doesn't just want you to have theory about God. He'll go, this is who I am. But then he will actually let you taste of the goodness of God. He wants you to taste it. But then season three, he will bring you into this season. And this season is called impossible. Impossible. Okay? Verse 22. Jesus says this, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side, okay? So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is taking them and he's sending them off into the boat. Do you think that Jesus is surprised that when they get into the boat, a storm comes? No, not at all. God is sovereign. 
He knows the beginning from the end. He knows every single day of your life. So when chaos strikes and we freak out, God doesn't. God's seen it all. And God has already seen how they would get to the other side. So Jesus spoke, go to the other side. So when Jesus spoke, he's speaking in authority, and he's declaring to the disciples, you will go to the other side. So they get into the boat. They get into the middle of the lake. The storm comes. They're freaking out. The wind is raging. Water is pouring in. People are freaking out. And this happens to us all the time. God reveals himself, he blesses us, and then he takes us into a moment that we cannot do this outside of the grace of God, right? Into an impossible situation, into an impossible moment, okay? Now, season three does this. Season three shows us who we really serve. Season three will reveal who and what you truly serve. You go, well, I serve Jesus. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why I'm here today. I'm, I'm here to serve God. I serve God. Well, season three will reveal if you really, truly serve God, if you really, truly serve Jesus, okay? goes on to say this, verse 23, or 24. Meanwhile, I, when I see that meanwhile, remember old Batman shows where it would be like, you know what I mean? be like, meanwhile, you know? And so it says this, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. The strong wind had risen up, and they were fighting heavy waves. Verse 28. So they're fighting the heavy waves. So what does Jesus do? He comes to them. Okay? Isn't that great, the nature of God, that when we're in trouble, Jesus comes to us, that he doesn't leave us alone? He sees us fighting, we're having hard days, we're having hard times, and Jesus sees that, and he comes to us. So he comes to us, okay? And Peter, in verse 28, says this. Peter calls out and says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come, walk to, you, come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, Jesus says, yes, come to me, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Verse 30, but when he saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified and began to sink, and he yells out, Lord, save me, okay? What is this moment revealing, okay? This moment is revealing who Peter really serves, okay? Peter was more impressed with the waves and the wind than Jesus Christ himself standing right in front of him. And this happens to us all the time. God reveals who he is. He brings blessing, and then we get into a season where he goes, listen, son, daughter, you cannot do this on your own. You are going to have to do this through my grace and my strength, and God's grace and his strength is there. God's grace and his strength was there for Peter to walk in the water, but then he started to look around, and he saw the wind and the waves, and he saw, you know, all the things, that lightning crashing around him, and all of a sudden he was more impressed with what was going on around him than Jesus standing right in front of him. And this happens to us in our life. And in that moment, we have to decide, who do I serve? This just happened to me. In June, God brought Abner, okay? Now, I'm going to show you a video real quick, okay? Abner is a prophet. He travels the world. Literally, every weekend is somewhere in the world and literally just comes and speaks whatever God 
is speaking to him about those people. Now, I've never met Abner in my life, okay? And Abner speaking right here on a sunny night, doesn't know anything about our church, and then Abner starts to speak to us about Elevate Church and where Elevate Church is going. So play the video. And I have put this place here, Elevate Church, to elevate this region into the purpose of God. And the Lord would say, I'm adding grace to this house tonight. I'm adding grace to take territory for the kingdom of God. I'm adding a deliverance dimension to this ministry as never before. So that people would be set free from the power and the works of darkness when they come into this community. Addiction, depression, marriages on the edge of divorce will come into this place and be healed by my power. A healing dimension is being released tonight. Healing of bodies, healing of minds. A worship dimension is being released to this house tonight. There will be nights here, strategic nights of worship and prayer as never before. Set aside for the purposes of exclusive just encountering my presence, encountering my glory, and empowering my people. But there must be, says the Lord, a taking dimension. You must take territory. There must be an aggressive grace that you move in. Aggressive to take the territory. To love people where they're at. Because I have put you here, the Lord says, in this hour to take territory as warriors. Listen to my voice. Hear my voice. Speak my voice. And through the words that I give you, Literally change the atmosphere and change the region in which you live in. The Lord says you must have a regional effect. You must have a regional taking power. Even as I was on my servant David to take territory for the kingdom of God. I am upon you to take territory, to overcome, to overthrow. And the Lord says there will come people even from an hour, hour and a half away, who many have had experiences in God or have known about God, but they'll come from different expressions and they will come and see what the Lord is doing here and their lives will be transformed and their testimony will be, we did not know God was like this. My kindness will mark you, says the Lord. My goodness will mark you, says the Lord. And there is an expanding grace that I want to add to you. Yes, it is my desire to grow you numerically. Thank you, Lord. I saw this during worship. The Lord says, you'll go to 600, then you'll go to 1,200, and then you'll go to 1,500. The Lord says, I want you to build now even as though they've already come. The Lord says, my eyes are towards this house. My eyes are attentive to you in this season. And my ability has been given on your behalf to fulfill every good work that I've called you to fulfill 
in this season. Thank you, Lord. The African-Americans are coming. They're coming. The Hispanics are coming. The Indians are coming, says the Lord. I have called you to be a multiracial house, a gathering house for the nations, but not just a gathering. The Asians are coming, says the Lord. Not just a gathering house, says the Lord, but a sending place. The Lord says, I, I, see, I see like missions going once a year, twice a year, three times a year, medical missions, crusades. I see bridges being built in other nations. I see other churches being birthed in other nations. They'll come, says the Lord, even some who will come and say, the Lord has called us to establish a church like this in other nations. The Lord says there's a great dream that I have for this house. And I have the seed of everything in the DNA of the foundation of this house for everything that I've called you. And there will be an accelerating, increased, accelerating, accelerating grace that's being released in this house in the next three years. There will be the ability to expand, to build, and most importantly, authority to build people as never before. Worship team, come on. Can you give it up for the Lord? Isn't he so good? So June, God brings Abner. And what does God do? He reveals what he desires for our house, for Elevate Church. He's revealing himself. He's revealing his dreams. He's revealing what he has in mind. July... Remember season one, God reveals. Season two, what does God do? He blesses me. He shows me his goodness. Okay? But then what happens in season three? Okay? God puts me into a place that he goes, all right, son, it's time to walk in the water. It's time to trust me. And in October, as I'm trusting God and walking on the water, what does the enemy do? He brings a financial problem. What is it? It's the wind and it's the waves. See, the enemy is so good at this. God reveals himself to you. God blesses you. And then the enemy comes and he's so good at this. He comes and he goes, hey, look at the wind. Hey, look at the waves. Hey, look at the trouble. Hey, Look at the car that just broke down. Hey, hey, hey. God fully intended for Peter to walk on the water right to him. It was no issue. See, when God speaks, it's what he declares. And when God speaks, he provides for and what God speaks, he has authority for. And when God speaks, he goes, I don't care what the enemy does. I don't care how hard he comes at you. I declared over you that you will get to the other side. I told you that. And Peter, I told you to come to me. Peter, I told you to walk on the water to me. 
And so Peter is walking on the water and everything is fine while Peter is locked on Jesus. While Peter is looking at Jesus, he's fine. We have to figure out, okay? Am I more impressed with the promise that God has given us or am I more impressed with the problems in my life? What grabs my heart and my attention and my focus? What am I so impressed with? Do I serve? I told the Lord this week, I said, Lord, I do not serve fear. Lord, I do not serve lack. God, I do not serve doubt. I was right here in this room. I said, Lord, I serve you and you alone. And I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what's coming at me. I will get to the other side because you declared that I'll get to the other side. There's moments that God and the kingdom of heaven, they're looking at your life and they're going, come on, son, come on, daughter, declare what I've declared. Speak what I've spoken. Stand in faith. Trust me for my for who I am and my nature and my character. I will show you that I'm faithful. I'm always faithful. You will get to the other side. Psalms 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed and fortunate and prosperous and favored by God is a man who takes refuge in him. We talked about this last week. Those who run to him those who seek the Lord's face, those that go, Jesus, you are all that I need in this life. I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care what's happening politically. I don't care what's happening in the stock market. I don't care what's happening at my job. I don't care if my boss likes me or dislikes me. I don't care if there's chaos in my marriage. I don't care if there's chaos in my children. I'm gonna run to you. You're gonna be my refuge. You're gonna be my strength. And I'm gonna trust you to work out all things for my good according to your purposes and your plans and your desire for my life. I will run to the Lord to be my refuge. Second Chronicles verse, chapter 16 verse 9 says this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. The Lord is searching the house today and He's going, I want to strengthen I want to bring grace. I want to bring blessing. I want to bring favor. I want to take my sons and daughters and I want to be their love. I want to be their joy. I want to be their peace. I want to be in the middle of the, of the chaos. Isn't it amazing that Jesus showed up in the middle of the storm? He showed up right in the middle and he wanted the disciples to see you can have total peace and confidence right here in the middle because of who I am. Why did Jesus say to Peter, you have such little faith? Because Jesus had already declared. He had already spoken. is so pregnant with what God wants to do in your life. There are things in your heart that you go, I knew God spoke this to me. 
but we haven't seen it happen. And what happens is this, we want to reason and we want to justify why things don't happen. So we dumb down God and we dumb down why it didn't happen or we, or we try to make excuses for the chaos in our life. And God goes, no, 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 no. Don't make excuses. Don't dumb me down. I just want you to stand in faith and trust me and we'll get to the other side and then you will taste and you will see my goodness and you will never run back to what the enemy has for you. You will never look back again because you have tasted me and my goodness. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a Sunday service or at a dinner party on Friday night. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.